Welcome to Behind the Sale. I'm your host, Princess B. On this show, we talk about sales and leadership in the high ticket space. My goal is to help you level up your skills as a leader so you can close more deals and transform more lives. Today, I have Noah Axel on the show. He's going to share his approach to leadership with alpha personalities and how he manages multiple high-performing sales teams. If you want to learn a unique approach to leadership and how you can apply these principles to generate more revenue, then stay tuned. Today, we have Noah Axel joining us. Super excited to have you with us. I'm really excited to be here. Super honored just to be on this podcast in general. Princess is one of the best salespeople that I have ever trained. And she gets a lot of training from other places. But just if you are tuning in, you are in the right place. You are learning from one of the best salespeople. She is coming up right now. And she's going to be one of the ones taking over the game. So you're in the right place. I appreciate that. Um, I'm supposed to be the one giving you an awesome intro. Okay, so let's flip the script here. I'm super excited to have you here because Noah is definitely like hands down one of the best sales leaders I've ever like worked with. Like he's, um, you know, he's managing one of the the teams that I'm on, and he's actually single handedly transformed my perspective on leadership, especially as it pertains to a specific type of prospect, one of the more difficult kinds of people. So I'm excited to ask you some questions and you can, you know, offer offer like your your insights on this because I think it's a really interesting perspective and it's different. So um, yeah. I'm just going to jump in and just start picking your brain. So um, what's your, I guess, what's your approach, you know, to leading the conversation when it comes to alpha personalities, you know, when they try to control the call from the very beginning. When you say alpha personalities, I imagine there's like typically a few different type of prospects there. So there's someone who just comes on, they want the price, they're a total jerk, they have an attitude. Or another alpha who is highly successful, um, they just kind of want to run the call their way, but they have a history of making good decisions. So when you say alpha, like what is the actual type of alpha that comes to your mind when you ask this question? Let's do, let's do the person who's not, let's do both. But first the person who maybe isn't, hasn't had a lot of success, but they just kind of are a bully. Yeah. And, uh, so the way that I want to approach this call is, and I'll put it in a frame. And I think this is something that you and I worked on a while back. And I think it made an impact on you. But with those alpha type personalities um, where they just kind of come on and, and they don't really have a history of making good decisions and they're more just kind of like uh, a jerk. When I say a history of making good decisions, like they've been in their business for a long time and they're making three grand a month. Mm-hmm. And for those people, I think an analogy, kind of a frame that I that you and I worked on a while back is like not allowing yourself to get jaded or moved. They come on like a hyena where they come around, they're laughing and, you know, they're trying to get you off kilter and trying to run the show. But a lion mm-hmm. isn't going to get even going to get up for a single hyena because they know that the hyena can't really do anything to them. Yes. I love that you brought up the the lions and the hyenas because that's the thing that shifted everything for me. Looking at myself as, wait, I am a lion and they are hyenas. And that allows me to lead 
confidently, but also with poise, with strength, all of the things, right? To the point where I literally got a tattoo of a lion completely inspired by this big tattoo. And so um, it's a reminder every day. Like I need that reminder every day in my face. Like you are a lion. So yes, continue. No. Yeah. And that really kind of sums it up. Um, I guess the other thing too, would like, and this just kind of goes into all of that when it comes to like seeing yourself that way and seeing them potentially is that they do have an inner lion in them somewhere, but they've been jaded. They've been hurt. They've been, um, you know, I don't want to say scammed, but they've been burned in the past or another program. And so they come up with their guard up. And so one thing that you can just do is totally just diffuse the situation and just be like, yeah, absolutely. No problem. Happy to get into all of that. Totally go with the flow and then take control of the call and show them. Yeah. So we'll just dive in. I'm going to ask you some questions because at the end of the day, this may not be something that would work for you. And if it's not, I definitely don't want you to do it. And if it is, we can talk about that. But I do have a few questions first to, to really ask and make sure to see if this is something that's actually going to be beneficial to you. So my first question really is, what do you need help with? Yeah. Um, and just diffusing the situation, making it not a big deal. Um, to, to stack on to that, how we respond really determines how the prospect is going to respond. And what I mean by that is there was like a study done and there's just a couple experiments. If you have babies, you probably know this. But like uh, these parents would walk out of a room carrying their baby and they would hit the door with their hand on the way out and make a thumb. And then coddle the baby and be like, hey, it's okay. It's all right. It's all right. And then the baby would start crying. Yeah. Versus a baby takes a little spill and bonks their head. And the parents go, yay, yay, is a happy fall, is a happy fall. And the baby starts laughing. Mm -hmm. So it's just so powerful to show how we react can really amplify a situation or diffuse a situation. And so very yeah. often, beginning of the call, taking the approach of just totally diffusing the situation, absolutely no problem. We'll totally help you out with all that. Really loves Perfect. Okay. I love the lion thing, but I really like this too, because it's like, it's, it's, a, it's a great way to remind ourselves that we control the narrative here. So we yeah. can't fall into their frame. We create the frame. And that's the thing. It's the same thing with babies. So it's interesting. So those people, it's like, whatever works for you, if it works for you to think of it as they are hyenas, or if it works for you to think that they're babies, then either way, whatever works. I love that. Um, what are what are some common mistakes that you see sales reps make when it comes to leading people who have a more dominant personality? And if you want to touch on this with like the other type of personality where they are really successful and they have that track record of making good decisions, that'd be helpful too. Definitely knowing what type of prospect that you're dealing with. So to transition over to the more successful type, you don't want to treat this prospect like like a typical prospect. And what I mean by that, and I don't want to say typical prospect because the prospect that you may be dealing with may be more of this type, but there's two, there's really two types of prospects, prospects that are driven from a place of um, pain and survival. And then prospects that are driven from a place of like vision and goals and just success because they know they're capable of more. And so when you can identify early on which type of prospect you're talking to, a prospect that's trying to get out of the, a survival place and move into a place of like, you know, not having to worry about when their bills are going to be paid mm -hmm. or 
a prospect who's already really successful, you're going to talk to those two prospects in a very different way. You're not going to ask like heavy overarching pain questions when you're dealing with a highly successful prospect. You're going to ask them, you know, what's really fueling you? Is it, is it the vision that you have? Is it the, the fact that, you know, that you're capable of more? What really is it for you? And they're going to be like, yes, yes. You know, what, is, what does that vision actually look like? And that's where their pain really lies is in the vision of what they can create and what they can become um, versus the pain of a, a hyena, let's say. And they just want to get out of a painful situation that they're in and stop being in more of a survival mindset and, you know, just a frame of life. So knowing what type of prospect that you're talking to and not talking to successful prospects like you would a hyena or a less successful prospect is going to be one of the biggest things. Right. So like the, their pain is more in, it's like not being able to level up. Right. Cause they're doing okay. They're, they're doing fine. Yeah. So yeah. Like, would you say that leveraging identity with those people is going to be the game changer on those calls for the more successful prospects? Yeah. 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 I mean, you can leverage identity. And I think, I think the other thing too is like, not leveraging because typically these prospects are really smart like and i guess it depends on the tier of prospect that we're talking about but if you're talking with a successful person they're really smart and so you don't want to ask you know too many identity questions or too many you know pain type questions because they know this stuff they're already good salespeople. they're already good business people and they know this stuff so i think just really getting a good understanding of where they're at and telling them why you want a good understanding because you want to partner together and make sure that it's a proper fit um giving them a good reason of why you're asking those identity questions and those vision questions and then just kind of like leaving it there if they give you good answers like take those take them at their word if they're doing 50 60 70 grand a month in their consulting business like they make good decisions. They know where they're at um, and they know where they want to be. Now it's a different thing. If they've been stuck there for three, four or five years, then bad decision-making has crept back in, especially if they haven't taken enough action to make those proper steps. So it's all really just determining like, okay, how much do I need to challenge this person versus how much do I need to trust this person that they already know how to make good decisions and just really inform them and help them make the best decision for them. Yeah. So that leads me to actually another question is when you are at the end of the call and you're kind of debating, like, how much do I challenge this person if they're not willing to um, to to move forward? And they're kind of there because at the end of the day, the most successful person, like even if you're making a million dollars a month, like you're still a human. Right. Yeah. So this, the same fears and all the same objections will still come up. So with those people, do you just kind of like trust them to make the best decision or do you feel like you still should kind of coach them through that process? Yeah. So in that scenario, it really depends on that type of person. Again, if, if we're talking about the person who has a history of making really good decisions, I, yeah. I'll understand why they, they want to go think about it. Um, and they'll tell you, you know, you, you don't have to ask like, why do you want to go think about it? But they're going to tell you why they're not making a decision right now and whether that's running it past a business partner. Or, or, you know, just looking at their finances first. Like, yeah, you you have to be able to read the room and like trust your gut. Like you did this the other day and you you closed the deal on this, like trusting your gut and letting the person come back and and have that conversation with their husband. Because, you know, if you push too hard, it was going to break that deal. Yeah. And 
nine times out of 10, if you've done your job and they're committed, they just need to go run it past their partner or um, look at their finances. They end up closing if you've done a good job. And then you just need to know when to push and when not to push, when to trust your gut there. And having a, having a tuned gut to where you can really determine when to trust people, that's just going to come with reps, getting on calls, listening to calls um, from your top performing reps in your company, getting on more calls yourself, allowing your gut to be tuned at the end of a call. Like, should I push? Should I not? Did they end up ghosting me? Should have pushed harder. Did they end up coming in? My gut was right. And uh, so it's really just experience and learning from those who are already ahead of you. Yeah, I agree a million percent. Like, after taking hundreds of calls, I was able to like fine tune my EQ and trust my gut and like know who to push harder with and who to not. Um, and it has served me. So yeah, I agree. And I think a big part of having a gut that you can trust is looking at yourself like I am the lion. I know what's best. I am the expert and I'm just going to stay calm. And yeah, you, your gut will like, it'll lead you in the right direction as long as you're calm and you're, you know, you're focused and you're in that, what's that state I, what I call it, um, in that, I guess, flow state where you're really connected to the person and you're, you're really there, you know, instead of like freaking out and getting overwhelmed and getting um, like, just, you know, just being scared of the person because we are the lion. So I love that. Um, so I want to, I want to ask you some questions about like leadership specifically, because um, you are an incredible leader and you're just like, you're so chill about it, but like you're able to manage such a high performing team. Like, I mean, not to toot our own horn, but like we, we're, we're pretty awesome, you know? Um, so first I want to ask, you're totally like, awesome. you're totally yeah. awesome. <laughs> I'm curious, do you have like a personal leadership experience that maybe shapes your approach to how you lead sales teams? That's a really good question. And when it comes to leading sales teams, um, there's really two sides of the coin that you have to lead. Um, first and foremost, the salespeople, like you are responsible for leading the sales team. The other part of the leadership that you have to take into consideration is leading the business owner that has entrusted you to control and take over their sales team. Like they're really, they're relinquishing something seriously impactful and important in their business to me. Yeah. So what, what strategies like specifically do you recommend for, I guess, maintaining a high performing sales team, because month after month, like we just keep hitting records. And even like a a newer rep that came onto the team, like she was super green and she was able to like increase her close rate, like crazy. I've never seen someone increase their close rate that quickly before, um, especially being green. So how, like, I don't know, like how, how is it that you maintain this? And like, I don't know, what are the strategies? So, um, so one of the biggest things, one of the biggest takeaways for me that really impacts the quality of my sales teams is from a book that I was recommended to recently called Wink and Grow Rich by Roger Hamilton. And it was referred to me by one of the best leaders in the game right now, Chris Moore. You know, Chris. Yeah. Um, he's one of the best leaders out right now. And in this book, um, this kid goes on a journey to discover how to achieve wealth. And one of the first things that he learned, he he gets 29 tips. And the first tip is ask better questions. How do I become a better leader? And I realized that like, yeah, you know, we can have salespeople come in and I can help them, you know, 
drastically improve their close rate and make a bunch of money. And that's great. I, I'm really good at helping salespeople get better at you know the trenches of sales, what to say, how to say it, why to say what you say. Um, but something that maintains longevity and it's super cliche, but whenever I was asking myself that question, I came to the realization that I need to, to be a good leader, I need to care more about my salespeople's goals than I care about my own. And so, and that just wraps into the cliche of like, people don't know, don't care how much, you know, unless they know how much you care. And yeah. so I've really had to implement like caring for my salespeople and their goals, even above my own and helping them achieve those things. Because yeah, I can teach someone how to, you know, perform at sales, but when they're, you know, breaking records or in a rut, the thing that's going to be able to push them past you know, a record that they just broke or get out of a rut faster is them knowing how much I care amidst, you know, being able to help them in the trenches. Cause the, when you're in a rut, you know, it doesn't, if you've ever been there in sales, you know, that it's not really like what you say, you have to search deeper of like why you're truly in that rut and get out sooner. Yeah. Definitely. And if they know that you care about them deeper than just like making money, then they're going to be more willing to follow you and take your hand and be helped out of that mud rather than stay in there for a really long time. And that makes a ton of sense. That makes a ton of sense because that's how, yeah, I feel like you truly care about us as people. And like, I feel like I can come to you and be like, hey, I'm really struggling. And I, I can't even count how many times I've like cried um, in our meetings because, um, yeah, it's like it's a safe place. And I feel like you genuinely do care about us first and then of course like the bottom line the business's bottom line um so yeah that makes a ton of sense um, i'm curious what so that's that's one key quality right are there any other qualities that you feel like would make a really successful leader for someone who's thinking i want to actually lead sales teams um what are some traits that that they should have to be successful and how can someone actually develop those traits it's a really good question um, a few things that I would highlight there. Number one is approach the business as a, you know, sales manager, as this, as if this was your own business, approach this business as if it were your own. And so do the things that you know, need to be done that can really move the needle for the business and not just like what's required of you. Um, another thing too, again, shout out to Chris Moore, um, he told me the other day, focus on being better at focusing on being better at what you do is a lot better than trying to get more or make more money. And so when you just have that introspective, um, perspective, you're constantly just trying to get better at what you do and the money is going to follow. When you stop trying to just make money, you start asking yourself again, better questions of like, okay, what can really move the, the needle right now in this game of sales management? What can really move the needle for this prospect, for, uh, for this uh, sales rep who's in the mud? How can I really push a sales rep who's just shattered a record and keep them motivated to keep going further? So again, it also just comes down to like, asking yourself better questions. I don't know if that's, that answers your question. Um, um, yeah, just being willing to, to look inward and, um, yeah, like look, yeah. Treating the business like it's yours. That's, that's huge. That's something I've actually never 
heard before, but yeah, that makes sense. I haven't heard it in this context. I've heard it in the context of like, you know, when you're interviewing for a role on a, you know, as a sales rep, but that makes sense too, as a manager, like you've got to look at the whole picture and care about the full picture as if it's yours. Another thing to like just stack on top of like focusing on being better at what you do is a lot better than trying to be focused on getting more is just like learn from good leaders. Find someone that you can follow, that you align with, and is someone where you ultimately want to be at in five to 10 years, at least like financially or leadership wise. It doesn't have to align in every area, but someone that you can really like sink your teeth into and follow, Mm -hmm. study them, ask them high quality questions and bring value to their life any way that you can. That's going to be like also one of the biggest needle movers, because just like in sales, you gotta. You don't just come in and do this by yourself. You you study call reviews and you learn from leaders and you get better and you ask questions. It's the same thing for leadership. Finding someone that you can really sink your teeth into. Is there any advice that you would give someone who's actually looking to transition from a sales rep role to a sales manager role? Because I know it's a it's different because you're not getting immediate gratification like every hour. So I'm curious what your thoughts are on that. Yeah. Um, Dean Kazora, um, he has a really good podcast and uh, talks a lot about this. But just to bounce off something that he says, is like really figure out why you want to get into management in the first place. Um, Because obviously there's a lot of responsibility that comes with that versus like, just being responsible for your own production, your own wallet, your own numbers. So yeah. really figure out if you want to heap on, heap that onto yourself. And if you do, again, study someone who's in that position, learn from them, ask good questions and decrease the pain period it takes from going to being a beginner or a bad leader to a mediocre leader, to a great leader. Study someone, listen to podcasts, listen to those leaders. Dean Kazora on Facebook, he, he's got a podcast literally about this and there's a lot of sales teams. Um, I'd go there. And again, Chris Moore, um, fantastic leader, um, Instagram and YouTube. It's Chris Moore Speaks. That's someone that I learn from daily. And uh, I would give him a follow and consume some of his content if that's really what you want to do. Awesome. Yeah. I also second that. Like Chris Moore is an incredible leader. I'm curious, do you have a sales horror story? This is a new segment I'm doing with guests where share a horror story. Um, It could be something that where it was just a train wreck and maybe you have some insights from it. Maybe you don't. Maybe there were lessons learned. Maybe there weren't, but I'm really curious. Um, just to name a few, I wouldn't call this a horror story, but it was just weird. I took a call one time and this, this guy hops on zoom and he's like tucked under the covers and he's like, just in bed, like eating some snacks. And I'm just like, you know, what, what's going on here? But, you know, I, I don't let him get the best of me. I don't let the, you know, hyena get the best of me. I just remain cool. I'm like, Hey man. So, but I had to address it. Cause it's just like, you know, yeah. <laughs> of a conversation can you have? And so I'm like, Hey dude, what's up? What's going on? Do you do you typically take your business calls laying down in bed? And he's like, I don't know. I, I've I've never had one of these before. And I'm like, okay. Uh, do you have anything to take notes with? He's like, I don't know. Should I? And I'm like, is the call important to you? Do yeah. you plan on getting any value out of it today? Yeah. Let me go get some. And so he gets out of bed, and the dude's just completely naked. 
Oh um, my gosh, that I was not expecting that. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> so that was a weird one. <laughs> Did um, he not like understand how Zoom worked? That it was a camera, like weird call. Okay. Weird call. Um, and then like you know, I was at AT and T selling. You know, on wait, the wait, hold on, hold on. I need to know. Did you end up like selling the guy, pitching him, and everything? No, I hung up. Oh, okay. That's fair. I, I would do that. I hung too. up right away. And I'm just like, dude, I'm not doing this. <laughs> oh, my eyes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm done. And he texted me like 20 times after that. He blew me up. He was like, dude, I really want to have this call. I'm super serious about it. I'm like, it's are? so funny. Yeah. It's usually for like the wackiest people who have like the highest intent. Like they really want to do this. And it's just like a, a few screws are missing. But wow. Okay. On my first offer, Things were really going downhill um, just in the company internally. I was still making good money. I was still hitting my numbers, uh, but a majority of the team was not. And so they shut off paid ads completely for over a month. Like we were just harvesting four, five, six-year-old Facebook group leads. And that's all we wow. were talking to. And I mean, we were talking to 35-year-old basement dwellers consistently. Like it was... Oh, wow. It was crazy. And you think your leads are bad, not princess. Whoever's watching this, no, I'm telling you, this was insane. Oh my goodness. And this lasted for like a month. And so just to encourage you, if anyone who ever wants to use the excuse that the leads are bad, yeah. like save yourself some time and don't. Because what I did, and I, I just took this opportunity to learn how to sell anyone. If Good. I could- Yes. If I can sell a 35-year-old basement dweller who's absolutely broke or completely unmotivated and has no vision, I can sell someone who has even a, a shred of intent. And so really just took it upon myself to to sell a ton of a ton of people. And at that point, like you have to sell them on the idea of, you know, in that case was becoming a coach because we helped coaches and consultants grow their business. So I had to sell them first on the idea of becoming a coach and consultant and leverage one of the skills that they had in their life to help people in that way and inspire them first and then take them from that level to wanting to be a coach and charge high ticket and making money and having an influence. And so, yeah, the horror story of that was, you know, leads just completely no marketing whatsoever. And the fact but, that it was like for... What months that you've dealt with this? That's not over a like, month. Probably month. wasn't two months, but over a month and a week of high ticket sales on on Zoom or on the phone yeah. feel very long. And so a month of that, it yeah. was it was that's a grind. Truly, I learned a okay. lot. I bet. I mean, that's a nightmare. But you took the lemons and you turned them into lemonade. So that goes to show: no matter what the situation is, you can make the best of it and you can use it as a learning opportunity, training opportunity. So yeah. that's awesome. I want to do uh, what I'm calling right now my rapid fire question segment. That's not, it's a, it's a pretty, it's not the best name. So if anyone can think of a better name for this segment, like, let me know. I feel like I'm not creative in that department, but uh, I want to ask you some rapid fire questions and uh, you've got to answer with the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. Just like, are we doing one word answers or just whatever? Um, no, it could be a or... phrase. It could be a phrase. Yeah. Okay. Ready? All right. I guess so. I'm not really entirely ready, but let's just do it. Yeah. Okay. So if sales was, wait, if a sales pitch was a stand-up comedy routine, what would be the punchline? 
You're thinking too long. Yeah, I'm thinking way too long. I have no freaking clue. Um, you don't listen to stand up comedy? Come on. I don't, I yeah, so that, that's probably why. <laughs> you don't, you don't, you don't I don't listen it. to stand up comedy at all. Okay. Okay, fine. Um, well, uh, my answer, the first thing I came to mind when I when I thought of the question was uh, the, the price. <laughs> the price point when you drop the investment. Because, like, I've had people laugh before when I when I drop the, the investment. They're like, oh, like, okay. Um, so I would say that. Um, okay, let's do better this time, okay? Let's do okay, better. I have a yeah, few more questions. All right. You, Don't you show got anyone this. that one. You got Don't this, Noah. Me. No, I'm keeping this. <laughs> you got this. All right. So... If industries were sports teams, right? Which, okay, this is a kind of a convoluted one. I, it kind of like took me a second to like create it, but I feel like it's good. Maybe it's terrible. Okay. Uh, if industries were sports teams, what would be sales, like sales as a team, what would be our mascot? So sales industry, what would be our mascot? Go, 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 go. Monopoly man, the Monopoly, Monopoly man. man. Okay, that makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. That makes sense. I mean, if I'm just rapid fire here, first thing came to mind, Monopoly man. 100%. Yeah, I don't love how that looks, but I mean, is he? Does he have a good reputation? Is he a good guy? Or yeah, yeah, yeah totally. We, we like him. Okay, good, good. As long as we like him. Okay. <laughs> cool. I mean, unless there's some backstory that I have no idea about, and he's just a terrible I don't know. person. I hope oh, he's not a terrible person. He's <laughs> okay. a heck of a salesman. He owns all the properties. He collects rent on everything. The dude's a, That's true. a millionaire. He's a legend. Absolutely. Closing deals for days. Okay. Closing deals every day. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. What about you? Um, first thing that came to mind for me was Lion. I mean, always and forever. Lion. That's Love our mascot. It. Yeah. Love. If you had a theme song every time you walked into a room, like a theme song play, what would it be? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Thinking too long. Yeah. Come on, man. What's your theme song? I feel like we all have one. What's your theme song? Mine is Eye of the Tiger. <laughs> Love it. It's intense. <laughs> yeah. It's in theme with the lions. Okay. Go, go, go. Noah, you, you're sucking at this. Come on, I'm, man. <laughs> I, don't know that I, I don't know that I have a theme song. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't know that I have a theme song. Um, I feel like it'd be something super chill, like some lo-fi, like <laughs> lo-fi. <laughs> yeah. wow. Like think of just imagine like if you were a wrestler and you were like coming out to the into the ring. <laughs> like, okay. like think about when you were a deal maker and you were just like, because first of all, this guy, guys. Side note: this guy, I went to this deal maker event and his close rate was a hundred percent. Like what? <laughs> I don't even think I don't know anyone else who can have a hundred percent close rate at a live event. Um, but well, hey, yeah. the influencer so. did a phenomenal job selling the product. No one can sell it like Carl Allen and Chris right. Moore. No one can sell it like those guys can yeah. sell. It. So they made my job really, really easy. But yeah, I forgot how much I loved in-person selling. Yeah. So it's actually 
thinking about that is what made me think of this question about the um the theme song because i feel like you were just walking around like a boss like every room you walked into it was just like like something playing (laughs) yeah Um, when i'm in when i'm in person my feet are moving a thousand miles an hour i don't sit still like i'm just always moving so whatever song correlates with that that's uh that's the song some 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 edm edm oh gosh that's like the complete opposite of what I associate with you. Yeah, it is not, it is not. When I'm with a prospect, it's lo-fi, but anything behind the scenes, it is just some freaking fast pace EDM. I'm I'm a thousand miles an hour behind the scenes. Wow. Okay. Speaking of which, speaking of the dealmaker event and your hundred percent close rate, I'm curious in your opinion, do you think that people who want to become a sales manager, that they should have experience actually like selling on the ground first. Like, or, are you saying in person or just even on calls? No, or? it could be on person or virtually. It doesn't matter. Just have I that mean, experience. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's required. It's required. I mean, you, you're not going to, you're not going to know how to speak your, your salespeople's language. If you haven't mm-hmm. sold at least in the arena or the space, you can't be a car sales manager if you've never sold cars before. Um, I mean, I'm not going to say you can't cause I'm sure if, uh, Bill Belichick came in and wanted to coach people on how to sell cars, people would listen to him because he's a phenomenal leader. Or Greg Popovich from the San Antonio Spurs or Eric Spolstra from Miami Heat. Just some phenomenal coaches came in to teach people how to sell cars or how to sell high ticket. They have enough equity and communication skills with people to probably teach them how to sell anything. But otherwise, like if you're not talking about an absolute living legend, like you need to know what it feels, tastes, smells like to sell that product and have your boots on the ground. So yeah, absolutely. And I if it's not even that product, it has to be that industry. Like okay. a, a, a Nissan sales manager can go sell for, can go be a manager for a Ford dealer because he's sold the cars, he knows the language. But if you've never sold high ticket before, I, I don't think that you should get into high ticket sales management by any means, no. Got it. Yeah, because it's a different process and everything, all the boots on the ground stuff is just a very different experience. So I agree. Yeah. Okay. I have one last rapid fire question. Now this one, don't think too long. Okay. This one, I'm actually going to put myself on the hot seat. Okay. So Noah, what's, what's the habit that I have that if I stopped doing this would make me a better sales rep? Well, at first I was going to say follow-up. Um, you, you don't love doing follow-up or you haven't in the past, I should say. Um, but you've really challenged yourself recently to dig into that and you've hit up your entire pipeline all the way back to September or October or something. So yeah, I feel like you've crushed that. Otherwise, I was going to say asking more questions, but when we're live on sales calls, you are you you haven't run out of questions for six months straight yeah so so maybe just asking the slack channel more questions more often daily okay Okay. have something ask it but yeah i mean as far as bad habits you don't have a ton right now and i think that stems from being so hungry to get Mm -hmm. better sales to constantly learn and sharpen your axe like you never put the axe down to sharp to stop sharpening so yeah, I appreciate that. Um, and I think the reason I don't ask a ton of questions is just I'm very like self 
sufficient, resourceful. Um, so whenever I like run into stuff, I'm just like, let me just figure this out. Like, and I think that's how I am even like as a, like even from with my mentor, like with Bill, like I'm, I ask questions here and there, but like, I'm, I'm pretty chill. I just figure it out. <laughs> and I think that helps me to um, like move faster in terms of my growth. So I don't know. Yeah. So when you say you figure it out, like what's your kind of process for figuring it out on your own? Because for an average person listening to this, they might think, you know, well, I need to leverage someone who has more experience than me for mm -hmm. that thing and figure it out through their eyes. So when you want to take it upon yourself to figure out what does that process kind of look like? So I, okay. Full transparency. This stems from a deeply rooted like insecurity about looking stupid so that's why I'm like this. So um, when it comes to like being on the team, right, whenever I get stuck with something, I just like, I'll revisit an old training or I'll just be like, well, what would, what would Nicole do? Like, you know, just, and figure it out, especially if it's something like on the spot, like I'd rather just figure it out and take the time to like reach out and have an awkward moment if I'm like live on a call. Um, that's why I rather just figure things out get the deal done and then ask for forgiveness later if I need to. <laughs> but yeah. What I'm kind of hearing is like, you're just innovative. Like if you run into something, especially live, like you innovate, you don't wait to get an answer, especially if you're live on a call, like you just make- No, I'm something. getting it done. Like we're getting, we're making it happen. Like yeah. <laughs> that's it. Later. And I, yeah. love, I love yeah. that motto. Like if you don't know, if you can give someone a little bit of extra time, if you don't know that you can cut a payment plan, like just- do it and get the deal done and get some momentum yeah. and then just take the slap on the wrist later. And I'm not just yeah. saying disobey your leader's orders, but if you don't know something, then like just do what it takes to get the deal done and be yeah. innovative and then Absolutely. learn from the back end. So yeah, love that. Uh, it was, it's so awesome having you here, Noah. I really appreciate you coming on. And um, I, I, I hope that the, the audience really like they, 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 they hold on to that lion imagery because or the baby one, whichever one works, because it really shifted things for me. And I think it can shift the game for you too, whoever's listening, you know, um, with these more intimidating prospects. Like, remember, you are a lion and they are hyenas. So carry yourself that way, you know, um, any any parting words, any other any pieces of advice that you'd like to share for any anyone out there who's maybe going through. A, a rut right now they're not helping as many people as they wish they could so yeah. any advice for someone who's stuck right now yeah two things zoom out and number two ask yourself better questions so zoom out it's the rut that you're in is maybe a week or two and you've been a great salesperson for how long now you've been a top performer for how long now brady tom brady's gone into a slump patrick mahomes gone into a slump michael jordan's been in slumps and it's all about how you react to that and get out of that. And so uh, part two is just ask yourself better questions. What is the one thing that I need right now to get out of this slump in the best way, in the most efficient and quick way possible? And you're going to find an answer that you need to do, whether it's reach out to a mentor, whether it's listen to more podcasts, whether it's get an accountability partner and have them slap you around and, and get you yeah. out of yourself. Like just ask yourself better questions and zoom out. You're better than you think you are right now. Yes. And if you need someone to slap you or just hold you accountable, DM me. I'm happy to do that. Okay. Um, and I actually, let's make that, let's make that the challenge of the week is to look inward and ask yourself that question. What is it that I need to do to, close more deals to help more people to put myself in the position that I want to be in this month. 
to make this month a good month. So yes, that is the challenge of the week. Every episode I end with a challenge. So that's the challenge. Ask yourself, what is one thing I can do to get myself out of this rut? Thank you, Noah, for that question, because I actually didn't have a challenge. So thank you. Um, uh, Yeah. And um, that being said, that's all I've got for you today. So if you haven't already... Um, please rate the episode, whether you liked it or not. I'd love to hear your feedback. I'm here because I want to create the best experience for you guys. I want to offer value and bring people on who are going to do the same. So you can also subscribe to the podcast on whichever platform you're listening on so you don't miss my next episode. And you can also follow the podcast on Instagram. I'll link that in the show notes. And uh, thank you for listening. And don't forget to hold yourself to a higher degree so that way you can be the most effective leader you can be. Till next time. Bye, guys. See ya.